Welcome to the January 20th edition of the PFF Forecast. This is a fantastic episode. It is championship week. We have Aaron Nagler, or Nags as Aaron Rodgers calls him, on the podcast today to break down uh, the, the Packers and that Bucks matchup. It's fantastic. We're going to talk a little Bills Chiefs, pick a lock of the week. Let's rock. All right, buddy. It is a big week for you. How are you feeling? Let me get a temperature check. I'm nervous, man. Yeah. I'm what do you, I was ner I I I haven't been nervous for a Kansas City game until there was about seven minutes left in the third quarter <laughs> the other I, day. I want to rehash the Super Bowl just a little bit for the people that are listening. We're sitting next to each other. My team is up ten. Your team is down ten. My phone fell into the seat in front of me. You're you're a mess. I'm a mess. And uh, it's halftime. Probably sat like this for fifteen straight minutes in the fourth quarter. It's halftime. I ask you if you want like a beer or a drink. No, doesn't move. I don't know how. I had to pee. I come back. You're still sitting in the exact same position. Third quarter starts and. I look over and you're just sitting there and your leg is shaking. <laughs> and, um, and that's basically how it was until the end of the game. And at that point it was, uh, I couldn't even get words through to you because you were so excited. So I expect that same kind of level of nerves. The difference is Mahomes was perfectly healthy then, right? When you were down 10 to the Niners, he's not perfectly healthy now. Some of the um, there's been stuff written about Mahomes, whether he had or didn't have a concussion. Um, I talked to Mario Plato about this last night, and he was pretty steadfast in if you're trying to th say that it's not a concussion, you're like, it's, you're going too deep. Like, it is probably a concussion, and he's in the concussion protocol, and yes, he's passing the steps, but there's no guarantee. You can't grit out a concussion. Tyron Matthew, by the way, trolling everybody. 57 minutes ago, tweeted out the red upset face. <laughs> <laughs> that, did the line move? No, oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. So like, and then uh, Mackenzie Nelson, blue check mark. Patrick Mahomes is on the field and taking snaps. So it's a good start. Well, it's minus three, minus 103 on Pinnacle. Um, Total of. 54. So, so again, this is an indicator, again, that we're think. probably going to see Mahomes yep. play because this thing went down to 53 and a half, 53. Now we're at 54. Um, so, you know, actually, I think we would still, given Mahomes' condition, we probably still would like over there. Um, man, this is, I, I think this is going to be a great football game. And I think, and I said this on Petro Show, I've said this all week. I think. The Bills are a tough out for Kansas City if Kansas City is at full strength. Kansas City might not be with Mahomes. Rashad Breland has, is in the concussion protocol. Um, Rashad Fenton has a foot injury. Willie Gay has a foot injury. So we have to make, I mean, honestly, whereas, you know, other than, you know, Zach Moss and Cody Ford, like they were pretty healthy in Buffalo. You know, John Brown came back the other day 
and played uh, you know, a pretty good game for him. Chiefs do limit wide receiver effectiveness, which is a Buffalo trait. Um, but it, I, this game is so... Could you make the claim it, that the difference, and I would recommend everyone go check out, so Richard Sherman broke down, and he's obviously played both these teams, broke down this game really well on the podcast with Chris, and you'll be interested to hear who he picks to win this game. Um, but the difference between Allen and Mahomes at full strength is how much? Three and a half points. You think it's that many? Yeah. Is that, and that's obviously not just play this year. That is yeah. knowing what Mahomes has done for two years, the fact that in the biggest situations, this guy shows up better than anyone else. Yeah. And we just haven't seen it from Allen. Yeah. The difference between Rodgers and Mahomes right now is about a scratch. Mm -hmm. um, Brady's probably two points worse, two and a half points worse than Rodgers and Mahomes. And I would say Allen's about three, three and a half points worse than both. Worse than both. So, so you're kind of saying, okay, maybe we get 90%, 80% of Mahomes. That's a three-point difference. And I think the rest, unfortunately, for so this is where I've loved Buffalo all year as far as I think they're really well coached. I think they're really well put together. Mm -hmm. uh, they make good decisions, et cetera. How much of that is untrue about the Chiefs? None of it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And last week, none of it was untrue about Baltimore except for one thing, and that was the quarterback position. Like, you know, Lamar can play – and noise, right? Like, if Lamar throws a touchdown instead of a pick six on that yep. play, the game's tied. Yep. So that game was a little bit more noisy. This is a hot take, and I think it's, you know, I could be a homer for this. If you take away priors, if you take away priors, Allen is a lot closer to Mahomes than I think many people believe. If you take away priors, though, Kansas City's defense this year has been, I think, just as good, if not better, than Buffalo's. Yeah, but those things, they're both... Defense we know to be, yeah. you know, far less sticky. I, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that Allen, if you if you take away the end of game beliefs that you have about Mahomes, is is right there in terms of the way he's played this year. Certainly, I mean, their PFF grade is separated by like you know 0.5 points. Yeah. You know, their big time throw turnover the play ratio is I'm, super I'm similar. I'm firmly of the belief that this is not the best bet in the world. Um, Kansas City's not the best bet in the world, even if Mahomes plays. If you have Kansas City futures, I, I think you sh if and this game's sitting on three, I, I think now it's probably going to move to Kansas City's direction. I could be wrong, you know, but there, it was always value in picking up some Buffalo when there was uncertainty about Mahomes, mm -hmm. especially if you had Kansas City futures. Now, um, I, I think the best bet in this game might be over. Um, weather might be an issue, although let, let's make I don't sure. I think so. Unless, I, well, things, unless things have changed. People have they? think so. It's 45, 10 mile per hour winds, precipitation 40%. So it's not the best yeah. weather, but it's not going to be very cold. Well, in that game that they played earlier this season, weather was an issue. Yeah, and, and the game landed at 43. And the last game that Buffalo played in, weather was an issue. And we saw Josh Allen overthrow digs in that game and i wonder if that plays into this a little bit um i i just think from my perspective i i don't know i just think there's way too much uncertainty in this game to go to to pick this game as the lock of the week i've already i've already said and i've already taken this game i've already to me even though you're you're paying up for it you know, and in fact, on Pinnacle, if you lay three and a half, you get plus 109, which is quite good. But if you lay three, you're probably in that 120 range. Green Bay minus the points here is the yeah, best well, bet of the weekend. Let's, 
<laughs> I'm trying to talk about the Bills Chiefs here for a second. Yeah, but the Bills Chiefs, the Bills Chiefs from a betting perspective is clouded by so many things. Yeah. Like the 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 only way to handicap Bills Chiefs is to say, look, three in the NFL is worth anywhere between seven and ten percent. Um as long as there's still like Mahomes could hit his head on on like the 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 ceiling and be out on Sunday. Like the, it's hundred percent true. Like hit his head on the ceiling? Yeah. We've reached uh the peak. But but the the thing about Mahomes is the Chiefs do not get to decide if he plays. I agree. And That's there obvious, is still yeah. a non-zero chance that he doesn't play. And even if he does play, the Bills are are a solid side here. Even though I think our numbers would shade Kansas City a little bit, given priors and all that stuff. The three in the NFL is extremely valuable. And if you have any Chiefs exposure, which I think most people do because they were a value early in the season for a ton of reasons. The Bills plus three was really the only thing that I was confident about as a hedge to other bets. Sure. I think everything else associated with this game is less of – I have less of a read on it, and I just I throw, you know, throw it to you on this Tampa Bay-Green Bay, a former NFC Central rivalry. All first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least $20 into their account while using the promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. I cannot – emphasize this enough it is a great deal twenty dollars you get to play all the dfs and props games at monkey knife fight they're super fun nba nfl the whole deal and you get a forty dollar pfs subscription that gets you the draft guide all our premium content so go to monkeyknifefight.com use promo code pff deposit twenty dollars get a free edge annual subscription and a ton of fun for the rest of the sporting season the return that everyone's been waiting for that isn't thinking about the Packers to the Super Bowl is the UFC's most notorious human being. That is Conor McGregor. This Saturday, UFC 257, and with promo code PFF on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sportsbook betting partner of the UFC, you can get a 257 to 1 odds on McGregor to win. You just bet $1, and then you can win 257, and that's on Saturday night, which means Sunday will be one hell of a day for you. You have all that money to roll into. Um, those championship games. So promo code PFF when you deposit with the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get yourself a weekend that you will not soon forget. So go download that now. Use promo code PFF. It's only for a limited time. You only got a few days, so make it happen. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania are the only places. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you do not yet have an Edge or an Elite subscription to PFF.com, now is the time because the Super Bowl is coming around. The props will be plentiful. The PFF props tool is maybe the greatest thing that has ever been created. I have not gotten through the last year without it. Could not have. Let's go to PFF.com, get either an Edge or an Elite subscription. The props tool comes with an Elite, but Edge still gets you the draft guide, which is awesome as well. Plenty of good stuff there for you to read and use. And if you want something free, Chris Collinsworth podcast is free. Richard Sherman's there every week. They had Devontae Adams a couple weeks ago. Go check that out. Um, and this week, Richard has some really interesting things to say about Deshaun Watson, about Eric Bieniemy, and breaking down these two championship games. So go check it out at pff.com and anywhere else that you download your podcast. I So right now, you can find Green Bay minus three, which I bet earlier and I love. If you can find that, I think... That is that is a given. The, the difference in Green Bay from a coaching perspective, from a home field advantage perspective with weather being in the forecast, 
um, all things that I think add to the handicap a little bit. In particular, what is Bruce Arians' desire to run the ball. And I feel as though if he didn't realize that throwing the ball was the smart thing to do after seeing what his team did post by and decided to run the hell out of the ball against the Saints, that he probably is going to do that in inclement weather in Green Bay. So I'm with you there. Let me give you another option, though. What about over 51? Yeah, I don't mind over 51 here. Um, it, it goes against your. It goes against everything you think about Bruce Arians, though. But yeah, I mean, I think so. I don't have a lot of faith in Bruce Arians orchestrating an offense that gets the lead in this game. And I think that forces them then to throw the ball. Um, and Tom Brady says, look, motherfucker, I'm not going to go down handing the ball off to Leonard Fournette in the snow. That's just not how I'm going out. And that's what kind of worries me about yeah. Tampa Bay is that if Brady, Brady is the second highest graded quarterback this season right behind Aaron Rodgers for a reason – so if they're playing catch-up, they're a more efficient offense. I still like the three, but I also think the 51, seeing how Green Bay's played in the snow too, like they're such a well-oiled machine. We talk about this with Aaron though. We're unsure of how they play when they're behind. True. So if they get behind, it could be a, a similar situation as last game against Tampa where the game ends like 31-10 or something and we just never get to the number. Uh, that's why I think you take... So you like the three better. I like the three better. Okay, I can get on board with that. Green Bay minus three. This is a big swing from last year. I think. No, last, but they've earned it. They've that's earned the, it. That's and we'll talk about this with Nagler in a second. They've earned they've it. They've earned it. Okay, so we're going Green Bay minus three. I personally love the over. I'm going to convince you uh, over the course of the next couple of days. Maybe you want to hop on board with me. I'm just saying. Um, we're going to get to Aaron Nagler here. A couple of things. We will have a live show on Sunday. Um, before the games occur, you can check out the PFF YouTube to watch that. Obviously, we'll have times and, and stuff on, on Twitter, and you'll be able to see that. And you and I will be doing the PFF Daily Betting Podcast um, to talk about uh, lines if they move on Saturday night. So you'll check out both of those. Be a good time. Let's get to our friend, Nags, as Aaron Rodgers calls him, Aaron Nagler. We have been waiting all year, literally. All year, luckily, to do, to luckily the game. Rams were no match because we were. I we had worried about last week, right? Where I was kind of uh, like, no, what if they lose? Not worried about last week. We were worried, honestly. I was most worried at the beginning of the season that we wouldn't have a chance to bring our dear friend Aaron Nagler back on. We were patient. <laughs> we waited for the playoffs. We said, when is the perfect time? Brady Rogers is the perfect time. Aaron, it's great to see your face again, buddy. Great to see you guys. I hope you're well. I hope you're enjoying this playoff atmosphere that we find ourselves in. Only a handful of games left in the season. That's always a sobering thought. But hey, the Packers, game away from the Super Bowl. You must you must be life. you must be just waking up every morning and stepping off your bed onto cloud nine. It's pretty great. I gotta admit, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna tell tales here. I absolutely love it. It's it's something I tell people, my my viewers and the readers at Cheesehead TV. Man, you got to soak this up. I remember needing a playoff, uh, a strike-shortened season for the Packers to make the playoffs when I was a kid. So the fact that they are not only in the playoffs, the number one seed, and a game away from the big dance, I, I yeah. All of great. these teams, by the way, the, the Chiefs, Packers, 
Bills and Bucks have all had these like extended streaks of being awful franchises. Yeah, yes, sir. That, you know, Tampa obviously like is very extended. They they won a Super Bowl <laughs> at least, but like right. you know, the Bills had this streak from what ninety six till now without winning a playoff game. Obviously, Crazy. Packers were but the, the the after Lombardi, it was mostly like crap until ninety three when Holmgren. I mean, it took it took. Ron Wolf coming on board and trading for Favre, hiring Holmgren, right. trading for Favre. That started it all. Kansas now City. they've been good. But, yeah, they had, like I said, growing up, I was born in 73, and until 93, all I knew was losing. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's but uh, I'm it's happy for, for both you guys. Uh, whenever someone goes on a long dry streak and, you know, things turn around, I'm always happy for them. I don't know that personally, but I'm happy for both of you. My season, my playoffs, oh, Aaron, have been better in large part because the Seahawks never had an opportunity to play the Packers and I never had a chance. I was never calling. I was pulling for it, dude. I, I was, was so pulling for it. I was never in a place though, <laughs> though, with this Seahawks team, there was zero chance. And with this Packers team, there was zero chance that we got in to the same problem that we did last year, which is... And there would be zero chance we'd be on the Seahawks side. Right. No chance. the Packers... Be, well, but here's what I want to start with. Okay. And this is key. Okay. So Aaron, right. we talked this offseason. Because look, I wasn't going to let you... I, I love you. Wasn't going to let you come on here and not give the people what they want. We have to do oh, that. I don't know so, what you're talking about. Well, we talked this offseason about the yeah. 2019 Packers. They were 13 and 3. The 2020 Packers were 13 and 3. You came on this podcast and told us that the record is the record, and that tells you how good the team is. Were those two teams equally good? No, this is a better team. Why? Uh, much more efficient on the offensive side of the ball. Didn't stub their toe as much. And the defense is playing at a much higher level here down the stretch. Uh, they certainly were better, uh, I think, throughout the 2019 season in regards to, and I'm talking about the defense, in, regard, in regards to play in the, the red zone, which is a big reason why they won a lot of those close games. Mm -hmm. You know, you always talk about, oh, the close games, the ball bounces one way or the other, regression to the mean and all that. I mean, a big reason they won those games last year is because of their play in the red zone. Fast forward to 2020, this team did not look good. The defense really fell Correct. off in the red zone, and that had me worried. I got to admit, first part of the season, I was like, wait a second, hold up. That was like one of the few bright spots on defense. But I tell you what, the way they have turned things around on the defensive side of the ball, the way they are playing uh, as a cohesive unit, is much, I think overall at a much higher level than it was at any point. Well, so you could so say those could things say, I think are what make this 2020 team a better version. Perhaps than what we saw in 2019, you could say that the 13 and three team from last year, not even close. I know where you're going. Was perhaps fraudulent in the sense they should not have won 13 games. But no, no, well, you can't could, use that word. Can't and say should. This team, can't say should. They and did. this team should, would, could, man, they did. This team. 13 and 3, a better team. Uh, maybe you could make the case even better than a 13 win team. I think this I was, Packers team. I was going to say, you know, awesome. uh, who knows? You know, MVS doesn't fumble in Indy. Right. Maybe they're 14 and 2. But isn't the biggest difference Rodgers? I mean, uh, Eric, what, if you had to point to one thing, you're starting with Rodgers. It has been yeah. a, a, a turnaround from pretty good top 10 quarterback play, but not anywhere near Rodgers' highest point to maybe even exceeding that highest point yeah i mean look he's getting rid of the ball two tenths of a second faster this year he's yep. playing on script but i don't want to underscore everything else lafleur is a top four play caller in the nfl per our metrics he has i thought gotten a lot like look they they go they use all four downs more than they used to 
Um, I think their run pass ratio is very good. They're not they're not running the ball too much, despite the fact that I think we'll all agree that you know wide receiver is a very concentrated group for them on one mm-hmm. really good player, an elite player. But also you look at the defense. Adrian Amos is the is the most valuable safety in the NFL. Jair Alexander is the most valuable. Jair fo- Island. Most valuable Joe, defensive Joe player Money, in baby. all of football going into the playoffs. And then last week he allowed negative three yards into his coverage. I love it. You get you have an offensive line that without Bakhtiari, but is a very solid group. Corey Lindsay, the best. And their scheme is great. Center in the that. NFL. And then you look at guys that they drafted last season in Savage and Rashawn Gary really adding. And when you look at how... You know, when we project things, regression always happens. Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith have not had the seasons that they had in 2019, but you get Rashawn Gary, a first-round pick from last year, playing extremely well. Coverage improves. Kenny Kenny Clark coming back and being pretty good. You, you, they're they're more robust team than I think we gave them credit for going into the season. Aaron, I don't think I don't think there's any question when you talk about yeah you know, all the supporting pieces kind of i think i would agree with most everything you said there i think z has rounded it into shape maybe not quite at the level we saw last year but you're spot on about preston uh, as far as you know obviously not rising to the level we saw in 2019 but yeah i think the initial point is the correct one i mean if you want to point to one thing that makes this team better it's aaron rodgers and his play and it's funny because i think he's still physically the same quarterback we Mm -hmm. saw last year Mm -hmm. he is playing much more within structure and you talk about the play calling you you know i know you guys know this but you have to remember that aaron Rodgers is a large component of that it's not just lafleur calling the play it's rogers cutting to the line of scrimmage and seeing whatever looks the defense is in and getting them into an advantageous call so i do think they're working better together more in concert and we've heard a lot from Rodgers this year and LaFleur about what they did this offseason in regards to stripping stuff away from the offense that they just didn't think was working very well uh, in that first season together. And you've seen the results on the field. Isn't isn't this the first great quarterback to play in this system? I mean, this system is the one that every offense wants, but every offense that has it, like my Niners, have Jimmy G, who looks right. exceedingly better off the field than he does playing on it. And that is a problem. Jared Goff, who is an a disaster and may not be in in LA much much longer. But Rogers is decidedly. But this is elite. the first one of those kind of coaches to actually have an elite quarterback to right. get a quarterback right. handed to him. Yeah. I mean that you can't yeah. you know you can't dismiss that fact. No, oh, yeah. no doubt about it. But I'm just it. saying like that. Um, that and it's makes funny sense. because you know how the 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 ongoing. I think uh, you guys are on Twitter. You you've definitely seen this narrative of especially when McVeigh first got to LA. Uh, you know with Jared Goff, the fact that they break the huddle so quickly so they can get up to the line of mm-hmm. scrimmage so the communication is so still open can on read the defense. <laughs> and he's giving him okay make yeah. this change make this. it's it's the almost the equivalent to college football where the quarterback comes up to the line of scrimmage and then the entire offense looks to the sideline right well in green bay you've got the exact opposite you know rogers can't wait for that communication to go off and they get to the line of scrimmage and he takes that play call down almost every single time because he is doing all of that on the field and I think that is a major kind of boost in the efficiency as far as okay I'm going to gather as much information as I can because I am a 16 year vet I know everything you're ever going to possibly try to do and I'm going to take advantage of it and I think that um, is a you're right is a big big part of their success it's like it's like the difference between getting an intern 
and getting someone with 16 years of experience that's a master in our field, right? Like it'd be the difference between like Eric, like if I got to work on a math project with you versus a high school intern, like it'd be dramatically different. One would fail and one would be a, a success as we've managed to be successful together. I, I think that's, that's a perfect characterization. When you were on here last time, you were talking about, Aaron said he watched some 2010 tape Right. And he saw something. Now, practice tape. Yeah, practice, practice tape. Practice that's tape. the, the mind-blowing part. Okay. I, so, now, I, I've done some research. Rogers has called you nags. He's called you nags on a press, in a press conference. So, like, I expect... You guys are boys now. I, mean, I expect yeah, that, you have, that you have <laughs> love letters, correspondences, some, you know, many things. I want to know, have you figured uh, out what that was, either from listening to him every single day, digging deep, late night conversations, early morning texts. Yeah, you know, we, we do, we talk every day and he really, you know, he, he reaches out for advice a yeah, lot sure. you know, about the upcoming opponent and how grooming. he should attack them. So I, I can't, I will say though, no, there, there has been no reveal there. He has kept that and he's been asked about it a few times throughout the year, but he has kept that under wraps. I, I suspect that will be saved for some memoir or maybe a documentary, but I don't think he's gonna give up that ghost anytime what do you, soon. What do you think it is? I honestly think it's because he said it was a, a particular rep and something that he saw with uh, he wouldn't say specifically his legs but he has talked about his footwork a hmm. lot and marrying the footwork with the you know the wide receiver routes etc hmm. i tend to think it's as simple as he saw himself playing in rhythm in a play where maybe before he had broken the pocket hmm. found you know tried to get outside broke contain and, and made something happen We'll ne probably never know. He'll probably never say, but my hunch is it's something along those lines because, you know, we talked about it this summer. His play in structure, it's A, it's Amazing. great to watch, but B, it is un very un Rogers like as far as, and he's gone further into this than I ever thought. I, I, mean, I remember thinking this summer that, okay, I've seen a couple practices and this seems to be happening, but eventually the, the bullets will be live so to speak and we'll see aaron revert to form and he that has not happened he I mean, has not had embraced, a bad... I asked him about the check down in this offense he yeah. has embraced the check down in a way he never has in his career and that has helped the efficiency of all other players too like not just yes. checking down to running backs but tight ends correct he has not had a bad game other than the tampa game which oh. you could you could which argue, we'll get into here you in could argue was really a snowball effect of like a couple plays no and, question yes and and wait till i get my hands on it <laughs> um, this be what, do you have a, a take on it, Eric, on what he might have seen? I, I have one. Uh, I actually think he probably... How long ago was it? 2010. Okay, so... Well, the, the tape he watched for was me, 2010 this past offseason. Because for me, to me, the biggest difference in the Packers' offense is how much they value how well Devontae Adams gets open in two and a half seconds or less. To me, that is the that is the cheat code for the Kansas City Chiefs that you saw with Chad Henney at freaking quarterback. That's yep. the cheat code that you on saw. On fourth and one with the game on the line. Yeah, I, I, MJ Stewart should retire after that play. He was like, <laughs> fell down. Like, it was like me trying to stop your crossover, George. And then it was... Fair. And then it was, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. That This entire playoffs are about guys who can win in under two and a half seconds and it might not have been 2010 it obviously wasn't adams because yeah. he was a rookie in 14 but it could have been greg jennings it could have been right. donald it could have been a cob wasn't there yet but it could have been greg jennings it could have been somebody like that where he's like 
that it's that guy's it job to win. Been, could have been Jordy, right? Yeah, Jordy was kind of a back. Though. He dropped but a lot. But Jordy of didn't really explode yeah. until the yeah. Super Bowl yeah. in 2010. Right. So 11 was his first I big was, year. So but that's a good point in, in so much that Aaron has talked a lot about how in McCarthy's offense, the, the big difference to his mind was in that offense, it was very much, okay, we're going to single these guys up as much as we can and they have to win. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Lafleur, it is very much we're going to scheme them open for the most part. Now, obviously, Adams is a very special case. But for the most part, the big difference is, you know, I would – he has said this, I have to pick a side – and hope that somebody on that side wins. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a, that's great leadership, right? Like leaders that fail are are oftentimes the leaders to try to do everything themselves. They're yeah, stubborn. And, and and the ones that succeed are oftentimes ones that say like, I'll, you might be wasting Adam's career if you turn him into a, uh, you know, a, a you know, sort of like pocket out of pocket drill guy yeah. right like a, a, a scramble drill guy scramble drill, scramble guy. drill yeah. guy but if you turn but he's like See, that's randall cobb Rand, that's where randall cobb shines exactly so I, I and i wonder because my skepticism about green bay this year was 100 percent. rogers when he was good had five wide like james jones was like their fifth best wide receiver and he's a great football player mm-hmm. like right. they, they they were just receivers for days and then now they're mostly one really brilliant wide receiver and a bunch of guys who are complimentary and maybe that's what Rodgers figured out because in that Super Bowl run Jordy played well driver played well whatever Finley was hurt you know they really were a Greg Jennings offense that year and maybe that's what he learned I don't know Nagler did you uh Nags actually as I'm gonna call you yeah Nags Nags. please yes thanks um are you, did you listen to Devontae Adams with Sherman and Chris Collinsworth? On I did. That was podcast? phenomenal. That was great. And I know there were Packer fans who were nervous that Devontae gave away too much on that interview. <laughs> that thought was hilarious. I, for, so first off, I we talked about uh, Adams before, and I, I should say I've always rooted for him, and I had come around to ranking him appropriately as the best receiver in the NFL. And well he was so impressive, so, so impressive talking about his craft. And it makes sense. The the meticulous nature with which he talked about the game reminded me of Rodgers. And he said a couple things on there about the way that he runs routes. And to me, that was what I think Rodgers saw was when he is attuned to the way the guy runs a route, the rhythm can be better. And the way Adams talked about how he runs his routes, thinking about the timing of Aaron's footwork, Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is... This is when you have reached, you know, Zen or whatever. It's a whole nother level. And it's funny because, you know, obviously in this day and age, we're all obsessive about football. We consume everything about it. But so little of what we consume online goes into that level of detail. How Mm -hmm. could it? We're not privy to what they're working on in the practice field. We're not, you know, that's not the kind of window that we get into the process. But when you talk to these guys in the locker room and they talk about that kind of thing, as far as like the real minute detail of their work, that's when for me, it's like, okay, I'm a hobbyist. I'm a hobbyist who has a platform and I certainly love the game and I want to know as much about it as I can, but I'm never going to be there. Mm-hmm. The thing there, the, those types of things that they're talking about, that's true craftsmanship. And that's what we're watching with, not just with Rogers and, and Adams, although they are you know the best of the best. It's like all these guys in the NFL who are doing it at a high level, they're just they're, they're doing things that you and I, we're, we're never going to be privy to as far as how they're going about it, their approach. And that, to me, is what makes it so fascinating is like 
you, you're, there's always stuff we're not going to know that we're going to keep learning about as we get to talk to these guys. You get platforms where you get like Adams talking to Richard Sherman, mm -hmm. two guys who play at an insanely high level that helps reveal the game to us yep. on the outside. I, I want to say that when I was at Division II Minnesota State Moorhead, <laughs> right, my, right, right, I, 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 my reach block Naturally. against outside linebackers in the 3-4 was approaching that kind uh, of... I, I there's, was no doubt. I mean, there's no question. I mean, when in my Pop Warner days... Quarterback for the <laughs> Appleton West Terrors. Let me tell you, man. I ran a I ran a sick level. decoy I, wheel route on the backside of. Chris. I would like to say the way that I prepared to talk to Aaron uh, Nag, sorry, today was God. reaching that level of, of preparation. Sure, right. I noticed. Naturally. I noticed that you did not when I asked you why this team is better, why this team is so good. Mm -hmm. AJ Dillon, uh, the engine, was not very high on your list, uh, and I, I just am. I don't know. I can't really square those two things. Can you explain? Do you know that uh, draft picks don't uh, happen in a vacuum and they do? They last longer than one year? They <laughs> sign them to four-year contracts, almost like they have plans going forward and they let guys develop, much, much like Rashawn Gary, who maybe didn't do a whole lot his first year, yeah. but seems to be a pretty important part this year as they're on the doorstep of a championship. So, you know, I, you and I can talk about that whenever you'd like. I can, like, let you know how the draft works okay. you know i know you guys fancy we'll, yourselves draft experts, we'll keep but, we'll uh, keep checking yeah. back look i hope this please is do. not the please. i did hope you catch that did I, you catch that titans game oh uh, i did i absolutely did well, and, and, I, and i i i stopped watching when the game was over which was after the 15th time that Devonte adams had turned the entire secondary into a pile <laughs> yeah. of garbage in the middle double of the team field. what double team i mean that was that was route running at the I just, highest order. I'm waiting for yes. I'm waiting for Dylan to get back there. Maybe as like a fullback in like a two back offense, and they they hand it to him as the up back. They fake the pitch to Jamal Williams. Uh -huh. Dylan runs for 15 yards. I get to tweet out again. The J and AJ stands for January. <laughs> I love it. I, I look. Hey I'm man, just they sent him on a wheel route this past game. You just wait till Rogers hits him on that. Thing. I am. Have you, I have you ever seen a guy with patiently bigger thighs run a wheel route before in I my life? It. I love it. Well, yeah, probably you Danny Vitale football before. a couple years ago, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll keep circling back on it. You know, maybe at some point the pandemic will end when they let Aaron can... Jones and Jamal Williams walk, and AJ yeah. is the workhorse. Just get back. Do with you me. think? Do you think they're letting Aaron Jones walk? I can't imagine that they sign him yeah. back. I just I know Rob Domofsky had something on one of his, you know, ESPN pieces recently about how the Packers had offered top five money. Now that's average per year. Right, Obviously right. the guarantees that are the real kind of thing that guys want weren't there. And that was what yeah. precipitated the hiring of Drew Rosenhaus. Right. Not surprised at any of that. We've known those two sides have been talking since the combine last year. That's how long these, you know, talks have been yeah. going on. RIP, by the way. I yeah, all right, man. It sucks. Pour one out for the combine. We, I mean, gotta, we have to. We are, have to come you, up with some sort of like event that we all yes, get to go to. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, the Super Bowl. What I, if I'll get to that at the end? I have a, I have an idea, but let's just let's Very go. Good. Let's start. Let's talk about this game here. Um, right. Are you? Let's start it this way because I asked. We talked to Sherman about this. Whether what he thinks of that Week Seven game or Week Six game. Right. Is there anything about that Week Six game where you go? that mattered and will matter on Sunday. Yeah, the way Todd Bowles did an excellent job of breaking down their protections. And I know a lot of people point to David Bakhtiari going out in that game, but mm -hmm. the trouble was starting before Bakhtiari went out. Some of that is play calling. Some of that is situational. But he did a really good job of taking advantage of, you talked about 
their offensive line being solid and mm -hmm. doing a really good job. And they have done that. And they've been great against the Blitz all year. But Sobbles is a different animal. Yeah. And he did a really good job of taking advantage of them, not only by stunts and games up front with his line, but also utilizing secondary pressure. Mm -hmm. And I think that not just the offensive line, I'm talking tight ends, the backs, you saw Jamal Williams get beat mm -hmm. on a blitz. That never happens. You know, I just think they put enough doubt in the minds of the protection unit to really cause some problems. Now, on top of that, I think there was, the, when you talk about the play calling, you, and you also mentioned the snowball effect, the Packers got behind, and all of a sudden they're calling these shot plays, they're calling these 10, 15 yard routes, and I'm just, you go back and you watch it, and you're like, guys, it's 14 to 10. Mm -hmm. Just calm down, run the football, play your game. But for whatever reason, they it really seemed to spook both LaFleur and Rodgers. Have and they been? The snowball definitely happened. Have they been significant? I know the Indy game, they were ahead and came back after that mm -hmm. deep shot after all those holding penalties. Right. But like the, the Bears game, the first game, I mean, they've basically been, they've played from ahead ever almost since the game. Indy game. Almost. I mean, it's the Jacksonville a, game, they got behind a little bit, but yep. you know, that was fine. San Francisco, mm -hmm. uh, the league might want to like have that game back, by the way. The Vikings exactly. game. I would like to have that game back. The Vikings game was one that was such a weird game, right? Because yep. no well, team. Because they, there were literally four possessions in the first half yeah, of that yeah, game. That was each weird. Each team possessed it twice, each team scored twice. So it was 14 all going in. And then the second half, it just unraveled. So the Packers really haven't, other than this Tampa game and maybe the Jacksonville game, ha played from substantially behind yet. The only other time it's happened is in week two against Detroit. They ah, fell behind 14-3. to three That's right. That game. And then they absolutely destroyed They got so, yes. But yes, as, that, as the Lions are that has to been, But that is well, a real Dan thing. That, that has been their MO all year long, and especially yeah. here in this last kind of month-plus stretch. They get ahead. They get two or three scores ahead. And I'm not going to say they coast, but the game's in hand. Yeah. You know, yeah, guys may – teams may march down, score another touchdown, and keep it some questionable or whatever. We saw the Rams come within a score. But it never feels like yeah. they're in trouble. The Eagles it got within a touchdown and then the Aaron exactly. Jones run. The, the the Lions backdoor covered that game. Carolina backdoor covered that game. That was kind of a weird – they didn't play well in Carolina. It was a weird game. But, but then so – yeah, the, so, this is the, so this is the question I have. If they get behind in right. a game like this – Yes, because it's, because this is a very it's a, ma it's a major test. A characteristic a of test. these kind of offenses: the Niners' offense, the Titans' offense, the the Packers' offense, the Vikings' offense too. All these offenses where you prefer to play at less than eleven personnel sometimes. Right. What Rogers obviously is the difference maker because he's an elite quarterback. But the but how. That's really the test. That's the game script we have. We And it's sort of similar with Lamar last year. Never saw Lamar in a game script where he was behind, and then Tennessee right. gets up 14, and it's we're all surprised. And it's like, well, we don't have any data on this. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the, that's the one question mark I have. That being said, Tampa on defense does a really good job of blitzing, but that opens up big plays, and big plays are the way you come back as well. Exactly. It, and, you know, if, there, if we know one thing about Bowles is it, it doesn't matter what the score is. Right. He's going to call pressure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's in his blood. He always does it. He, he, he never. There's not a there's not a down and distance that's been invented that Todd Bowles isn't going to dial up a blitz. So well, you're you're right about that. There there are places they can take advantage, but um, they didn't do a very good job of it last they, time around. They also went up ten nothing in that game, and yes, I remember watching the first possession with the ball. I, I remember watching the first mm -hmm. possession and going, "Oh boy, uh, <laughs> Adams is open on every single play." 
Right. Rodgers has not held onto the ball for longer than two seconds this entire drive. This shit is over. And then it stopped. And Adam said this too, and I wonder if, if any, you've heard this from either Aaron or anyone else talking about it, but he was like, we really weren't prepared for what Todd Bowles threw at us. Like our game plan was to go down the field and we didn't have an adjustment. Do you see evidence or have you heard from, say, Raj and anyone else, that that is a cognizant thought process now going into this next game? I haven't heard anything about this upcoming match, and it's been pretty locked down. But I will say it, it was very apparent. And the thing, like, like I was just talking about, as far as so many kind of long developing, you know, concepts that have guys going 15 yards down the field in cut, okay, that's all well and good, but Rodgers is already running for his life, if yep. not on the ground yep. at that point. Um, yeah, they and that has been, if there's something you want to, a nit you want to pick with Lafleur. That has kind of been constant. When they lose, they lose big. And when that snowball yep. happens, whether it was the 49ers twice last year, that Chargers game last year, uh, you know, this Tampa Bay game this season, that has been an issue where if they all of a sudden find themselves a couple scores behind, things really do seem to kind of get stuck in neutral and they have a real kind of issue and or problem getting out of it. And yeah. you can point to the play calling, you can point to Rodgers, what have you, but it, that has been a bugaboo if you will for this team there's Here's, no question i will say though as somebody who has backed the truck up for the packers this week <laughs> as far as the betting perspective right my my comfort is in the fact that bruce arians will not dagger a team there it, it if you get behind to the tampa bay bucks and the bucks get a fourth down you might as well send Alan Rossum back there, whoever the punt returner Alan was. Alan Rossum. Back wow. in the day. I wish they had Alan that Rossum at this great. point. That is the, great. There's ball. no – Arians is – this is the biggest coaching mismatch we'll see in the entire playoffs. I, I like Arians as a guy. He, he seems like a great motivator of people and everything. Right. But in the game, the guy steps on his I own – I, I have never been more frustrated because I bet on the Bucks last week, <laughs> and I had the Bucks money line as the final leg in a couple of different parlays. I had a lot of money riding on it. And so I'm sitting here going, I have Tom Brady, who's played as well as any quarterback this side of Aaron Rodgers this season, against Drew Brees, who can barely throw – a football throw five, five yards. yards down the field. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I've got this in the bag, right? And fucking Bruce Arians comes out here and goes, Oh, yeah? <laughs> Watch me run Leonard Fournette nowhere well, on every that first too, down. Right? And, and that's the one thing where you guys have talked about Petten. I actually think Petten's better than most of the Twitter Cognosia does, but like, he wow. is. He is. This I mean, is, there's no doubt. His public perception is very different than his actual kind of competence. With probably. all the teams left in the playoffs. The question is, except for Tampa, Tampa actually tries to stop the run. That they, That is a focus of their team. Right. The Bills, the Chiefs, and the Packers, all are teams where I think they're smart enough where you can make the assumption that they could stop the run if they wanted to. Right? The Bills I mean, did it against... Maybe this team could. Well, they certainly couldn't last year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. this year, yeah, they've done them. And especially here in the stretch, whether it's been Derrick Henry, whether it's been David Montgomery, whether it's been Akers last week, mm -hmm. they've done a good job. They've played so much better up front than they did earlier in this season. And I'm with you. I think Patton is smart. You know, his quip that he had for us, was it last year, where he said, you know, it's faster to fly to Miami than to walk there. And the whole idea about, okay, you're going to get some yardage on the ground. That is going to happen. But we are going to protect. And this is where the frustration with Patton comes in, is that 
he's so married to this idea. And I think because when he first got to Green Bay, they were killed deep so often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He has made it his mission where we are not going to get beat deep on big plays. It is just not going to happen. If that means we give up three consecutive third downs on third short, I'm fine with it. We're going to get him to the red zone. We're going to clamp down. Now, early in the year, that was not happening. But now, that is very much their MO. You can drive. Maybe you'll get a touchdown, but more likely you're going to have to settle for a field goal. And when Aaron Rodgers is on the other side, it's a winning strategy. I'm going to win. It's a winning strategy for all these teams that have great quarterbacks. If you have a quarterback advantage, and especially when you have one this large, you want to force that situation to be the deciding factor. And that's how you do it. Now, the point about big plays is very apt because Jair Alexander, Jair Island, as it has now become the number one graded cornerback at PFF this year, um, has his bugaboo was giving up big plays. Yeah. He was a big play guy. He either made a big play or he gave up a big play. Teams were really smart last year, especially early mm -hmm. on, targeting his aggressiveness. Yes. You saw Dallas do it. You saw San Francisco do it. And he has completely wiped that from his game. And has become one of the three four best corners in the league, which is a huge addition to have. The way that that frees up your defensive play caller to use other players in their best position is huge. And I think that's why the defense, I have confidence, will not you know, get shredded, right? Which is the one thing that, that worries you. So my question is this then, if you're saying, okay, here's my biggest worry, maybe it's a matchup, you know, maybe it's, because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to convince myself to hedge in some way, right? I'm trying to right. convince myself, okay, what do the Bucks have? Because they have Brady. Arians is going to neuter him in all likelihood. Um, <laughs> what is the matchup or thing right. that worries you most? You know, it, it is the Brady thing because as, as much as you, you can talk about Arians and what have you in this offense, I think they're smart to run things through the, the ground game. I think Fournette and Jones – you're talking about a 43-year-old dude there pulling the trigger. Like, I, I get why you, you have misgivings for it, but you I will say Fournette, this: 43? you go back and you watch, you go back and you watch that matchup in Week Six, yeah. and Brady does such an excellent job pre-snap. That, to me, is the biggest kind of issue here for the Packers in that they've played really well against the Ryan Tannehills, who has he's had a really good couple years here, no doubt about it. He is not Brady against Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, what have you. It's all well and good to set your whatever your call is and pre-snap, maybe Goff is getting something in his ear from McVay, et cetera. It's a whole other world to have Brady come up to the line of scrimmage, look at you pre-snap, mm -hmm. make his adjustments, and get guys into position to take advantage. And we saw that a few times in week six, especially with Gronk, who up until that point had done absolutely nothing this season. And then all of a sudden, Gronk came to life. Mm -hmm. And a large part of that, was Brady making adjustments to the line of scrimmage and telling Gronk, go run this route that you and I have, you know, yeah, taken yeah. advantage of teams with for 12 <laughs> years. So it's, to me, that Petten, his recent history against Brady is yeah, not great. Yeah. That is the big concern if you're the Packers. And I wonder if, so I, the one of the big reasons that I was like, okay, the Packers are, are a great play here. I got him at three early on, minus three, it's not three and a half, was... Okay, oh, you, good for you, by you. the way. Thank you. Um, the, <laughs> what a score. The Tampa Bay Bucks ran the ball 30 of 51 times on first and second down against the Saints. Now, yep. I take that for what it's worth, not try to read too much into it and go, okay, well, they're going to try and do that again because they won the game. But Galaxy Brain Me, Mags, <laughs> Galaxy Brain right, Me goes, yes. 
you're setting up a Brady comes out and chucks it all over the field game in the snow where Brady mm -hmm. is smart enough to go, look, when it snows, let's get my receivers against defensive backs in an opportunity for them to win, and I will throw it accurately. Now, and get George, the guys we are who know where they're a, going yes. against the guys who don't know where they're going. I'm here, man. I, George, I'm we with have, you. I think that it absolutely sets up for that. We'll see if they actually try to utilize that aspect <laughs> of the game. I still think they're going to run the hell out of Fournette and Jones. We, we're ushering in. So today is a big day for a lot of people. We're, we, we've spent four years wondering well if there was something well deep. We, we, we spent four years wondering if there was something deeper in a lot of these situations, <laughs> when in reality the answer is no. And I, I look at the Tampa Bay offense, and instead of wondering if there's something deeper, something underneath it all, uh, Occam's razor would say no. Like, I, by the way, I'm, I'm flying to D.C. this afternoon. Matt, my co-founder is in D.C. as we speak. Really? So, Godspeed. Have you seen pictures of it yet? Oh, yeah. Because I, yeah. I am really, my girlfriend lives there, and she has told me, like, prepare for a movie set. Yeah. Like, it, it, looks, it looks kind of otherworldly. I'm very yeah. excited. I'm also very excited to be um, Arab in an airport and feel free <laughs> as a bird. I'm going to walk through security. I'm going to dance through security. I might, I might, I don't have like authentic you, Arab garb, but I might try and find some and wear it there. Say, you go like, and purchase some. Yeah. That, that sort of reminds me of the, the second Harold and Kumar movie where he like rips on the TSA guy for. <laughs> we've reached, uh, we've reached the top of the mountain here. I have some quick hitters to get you out Love of here it. on. Okay. Um, Let's do it. Kansas City Buffalo is the other game. Who are you? There's another game. Yeah. Who are you rooting oh. for? It gotta be Buffalo, right? I mean, I, look, I love Andy Reid. He's one of my favorite people in the NFL. Um, former Packers coach. I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for him. But aren't we sick of Kansas City already? No! I mean, aren't we? Are you I mean, scared? You know, no, I'm not scared. <laughs> Would I love a rematch of Super Bowl One? No question about it. It'd be great, especially with a former Packers coach. On the a lot of Packers of fans in Kansas City. I love That's it. Like and I love team. Kansas City. I love the vibe. But come on. The, bill, the Bills in the Super Bowl? Chris okay. Rock literally has a joke about that. That's like 15 years old. Do you want to be a real Bills in the Super Bowl against the Packers? These two small town cold weather teams. Come on. I could see. That. But do you want to be the reason the, the Bills are 0 and 5 in the Super Bowl? A thousand percent yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, no question. The, the question then, though, is do we have to put an asterisk next to the Packers Super Bowl if they get lucky to play the Bills instead of, mm -hmm. you know, Mahomes is right. 100%. No, I thought you were going to go, like, because it's been a COVID season and so many people opted out and who knows what <laughs> no. the season might have been if everyone had played, blah, blah, blah. I've already heard that. Actually, so, I've heard I don't think... I don't, I don't apologize think it, for... We apologize for nothing. There is zero asterisk, well, not just because I think the Chiefs will win, but, like, there's zero asterisk to the season. You had a way... There, there was a way to prepare for the season that made it Correct. positive EV, and all the teams look who are in it are a team that we said had a good chance because they made one big bet. You make one big bet on your quarterback. And Buffalo, it was a sketchy-ass bet, but they made it, and it, and it turned and over. It, I mean, talk about rolling the dice wow. and coming up sixes. Yeah, what, but I mean, that's a, what a great season. Kansas City, 20 of 22 starters returning. Green Bay, very similar. We all talked at the beginning of the year. The Vikings, 15 draft picks, good draft. Packers, yeah. dog shit draft. And it wasn't going to matter this year because, as you said, the draft for the Packers was about subsequent years. They played for this year, 
And they and Tampa Bay is the biggest play for this year team uh, we've it's ever the seen. The Ring Chasers Brigade. Come on, you know. Yeah. I mean, talk about a team with no history, with no depth, with no yeah. life, with no vitality. I mean, these are the owned by the Glazers. I mean, who wants to see the Glazers happy? Nobody. Come on. This is a team that Tom Brady went and got paid. They wanted to sell some seat licenses. All these guys were like, "Oh, I'm gonna go play with the goat." <laughs> There's no soul to this team. I can't I- wait to pound them into the snow. <laughs> I kind of agree with you. Um, okay, so on that note, if it is Chiefs Packers, we have a Packer and a Chief. Would you? Are you going to try and go? You've got to try and go. No, no. You're I've not? talked about it with well, Corey and I have talked about it a lot. Um, no, I mean, all the availabilities are going to be done via, you yeah. know, virtually right, anyway. Right. There's not going to be, I mean, the events will obviously be scaled way back. And look, we've done watch parties for every single game this year yeah. uh, because of the pandemic. So it would seem I was. We were talking about me going to the championship game. Corey mm-hmm. is going. Um, I was going to go in the press box. But you know, if you've done watch parties for every single game in a season where you're almost in the Super Bowl, you got to keep doing watch parties. So well, I'm only- going to be in our studio here in New okay. York. Not only that, but like I also think that this season is a special one for a lot of fans. And you know, we've done it's about the fans. We've there done our fair share of. We've done our fair share of like watch alongs and live shows and right. things that people become a part of, not the, not the family, but like yeah. people become part community. of this. You're fostering community. And that's this what experience. So, in a weird way has been so great about the pandemic. Yeah. You know, and it's like, of course you wish it wouldn't have happened, but man, I tell you what, we have like met people because of this yeah. thing who every Sunday we all gather around and watch the Packers. Now it's virtual, but it really feels like a community. Well, and it, and it, it speaks that. a lot. I think it's a. I think it's tremendous that you know, despite like obviously your platform and your privilege of, and, and all that. Like again, you've built this community, and you know you're you know you are going to be a part of that community even in the biggest stage. I think that that's a that's a fairly cool thing, and the same thing for us as well. Yeah, I, what I'm trying to get at though is, I'm if it's Chiefs Packers, we need a little mm-hmm. skin on this game. There needs to be some sort of well, bet let's let's well, okay, yes, I I one thousand percent agree. Okay, but let let's let's get there first. I agree. You know, so there's here, a game to be played. Here's what I propose: after mm-hmm. the game, after the games on Sunday, Eric and I will right. be going live. Uh, on this set and i thought you know let's let's have you call in for five minutes maybe have a beer i'm all in multiple drinks win or lose i'll, win or I'll lose. show up that's fine win or me. lose and we'll just have some fun because I, I you're one of our favorite guests which is really despite the odds honestly can i can i can i put that on a poster yes that's great yeah not a fraudulent guest uh, he not looks up to it every time even when the packers <laughs> one are. of their favorite guests there you go. It's, it's a. I might Aaron, send you a Aaron, If the Packers and the Packers and the, the Packers make the Super Bowl, I will try my best to send you some new Glarus. How's that? That's Ooh. what I'm talking about. Now, Ooh. now we're talking. All it right. took us what an hour, but we're there. I'm, now we're talking brass tacks. There we now go. we're thinking. Okay, we'll keep we'll keep thinking on that. I have a couple more questions. Rodgers yes. wins the Super Bowl. What else does he need to do to surpass Tom Brady as the goat? Not a thing. He's already better than Tom Brady. We all know this. Everyone knows. At the height of his powers, he's better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady uh, was put in a great situation in New England with the greatest modern coach. Obviously, the two worked so well in tandem together. But please, you put Aaron Rodgers on that Patriots team, it's a wrap for the entire league every single year. Even if Brady wins this one against Rodgers in Lambeau? I mean, it depends the manner in which. Is it like okay. last week where they the Packers turn the ball over four times and hey, gift them field position? A each win and every time? is a win. One and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they turn the ball over four times, that's probably ro- on Rodgers. To be fair, the only team the only team that can turn the ball over four times this weekend and win is Kansas City. 
This is what I'm dealing with, Aaron. <laughs> no, is, no, I don't know about is, all that. Aaron, I don't know if I agree I, with your police work there. So <laughs> I, I talked about this on the last podcast. As I was watching Tampa Bay freaking out because they were mm -hmm. shitting themselves, running the ball every time. <laughs> Eric is on the phone with his buddy in Kansas City having the most Homer conversation of all time. Like, you can't call helmet to helmet. He's a moving target, you know. There's something <laughs> sacred about the end zone. Oh, my um, God. You know, Flush just, that right down the it toilet. Was, it my was, goodness. It was incredible, and it made me think about, you know, what makes Super Bowl or what makes NFL fandom so great is that yeah. you can be as nuanced as you want and it all boils down to like you just love to watch your team win yep. and that's the situation we're in now last okay. question for you yeah best quarterback receiver duo of all time rogers and adams are so on point this year i'm thinking of some others there's brady gronk who we're seeing in this game mm -hmm. there's maybe you could put brady and moss for that season Mm -hmm. You've got Rodgers and Nelson were an incredible duo. No doubt. There's the Montana Young and Jerry Rice trio, right, right. if you will. Favre, Sterling, gotta Sharp. Got to put them in there. That That's where I was going to go. Yeah. Where, so where Favre do... And Sharp. Favre and Sharp is the greatest I ever saw. Really? No question. And where... No doubt about it. Where are Rodgers and Adams? Because they've been fucking amazing. They're year. right underneath it. Like, to me. I mean, yeah. look, they're, they're on another level in the sense of... Uh, just having a mind meld, right? Mm. Like, Favre forced the ball to Sharp, and it worked. Adam, uh, Rogers doesn't force the ball to anybody, for the most part. And Adams just gets open. But to me, it was, very, the, it was a very different environment that Favre and Sharp were doing it in mm. defensively, where guys were allowed to absolutely decimate you over the middle, where guys were allowed to basically cling to you for dear life down the field. None of that is allowed now against Devontae. Now, Good luck getting your hands on Devontae in the first place. But even if you do, once you get past five yards, you got to let go. Back in the day, that didn't happen a whole lot. So, yeah, I mean, Sharp was just a, a man among boys. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, we'd be talking about him in the same breath as Jerry Rice. He, I have zero he, he set that. the NFL so, record for catches in a season twice. Yeah. He was great. What are you putting? So let's talk about Brady Gronk because they're in this game. Uh, an uh, impartial, Eric. Would you put Adams Rogers ahead of that duo at its height, at its peak? You know, because obviously I mean, Pete Gronk is legit a top ten player in NFL history. I mean, almost unguardable, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, how many games did you see where they split Gronk out it's and incredible. teams would literally have two guys just the, go over there? To the try and the stop exciting thing about Adams, the exciting thing about Adams Favre, or sorry, Adams Rogers is it's probably not over, right? right. You're, yeah. you're 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 still exactly. seeing possibly you got at least one more year, at least one more the ascension. Yeah. Um, You're a history buff. Where are you putting, you know, Rice and either Montana or Young? Well, that's the tricky part is that is Steve Young actually had a better statistical career than Joe Montana did. Yeah. So, like, and so then which one is – it's hard to choose which one's the best because I don't know how much – Yeah, do you do you make it Walsh-Rice? Because, yeah. you know, yeah. a lot of that is about the system they're playing in. Obviously, although, Rice is amazing and the, the GOAT receiver, although, et cetera, unless you want to talk real and talk about Don Hudson. But – you know, you, you look at Rice, and he did it whoever was back there. Yeah. Well, you so, tweeted about this this person, the George Seifert thing, too. Like, Lafleur is having a first two years of his career like that make, would make George Seifert blush. The Walsh <laughs> thing is interesting because the first Seifert Super Bowl was basically a fuck you to Walsh because yeah, yeah. he was kind right. of a tyrant. And yep. they, they won. They, like, 
you know, their Super Bowl in 88 was kind of fluky. They were 10 and 6, you know, needed a tiebreaker even to get in the playoffs and then won. And then in, in 1989, they were 14 and 2 and won the Super Bowl like 55 10 or something weird. So, yeah. like, it's weird. The Niners thing is weird because the ecosystem is so much better than the individual people. Yeah. Whereas I think Green Bay is actually. As much as we love Lafleur, as much as we like the defense, oh, and all it's that stuff, about Rogers and Adams. Yeah, correct. Like, there's zero question. Correct. And it was back with Holmgren too, with with yeah, uh, Favre Sharp, and Sharp and Favre, no doubt. Well, and it's funny because Favre was so dialed into Sharp at that point. When Sharp got hurt, it forced Brett hmm. to start spreading the ball around the way Holmgren wanted him to. Like they obviously schemed up Sharp and got him open a lot, but Favre forced it in there no matter what. Like if the guy's covered, I don't care. Favre, Still forced it in there. Favre got, was got, close got, to getting made it complete. Favre was close to getting benched a couple times in his career yep. for ineffective play. It was yep. 1995 when they finally, when post Sterling Sharp, when Robert yep. Brooks and uh, Andre yep. Risen and like those guys came in, and it was like he learned how to be a quarterback, and then he was deadly, and then every and then and then he won three MVPs. Yeah, no doubt. Aaron Nagler, you're the best. Score prediction. Oh, boy. I think it's going to be a closer game than probably Packers fans are hoping for, but I give me the Packers 27-24. Fuck, that's on it's three. A push. Fuck. All right. Well, okay. I get my money back at least. Yeah, I guess. Aaron Agler, Cheesehead TV. Thanks, Nags. Aaron. Love you, brother. Aaron's the best. He's just awesome. So we thank him for joining, and he's going to come on the, uh, the post game with us. Assuming, assuming faculties. Yeah, yeah. Assuming you can work a phone, but that is a good reminder. We are going to go live again this week, right after the games. That'll be our Sunday night. We'll talk obviously about those games. We'll look ahead to the Super Bowl matchup. I can't wait, man. I really can't. Same. So, hopefully, you can control your nerves until then. Uh, I will be a mess. Okay. <laughs> Come join us and watch post mess, Eric. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys on Sunday.